So when the Jews received the Torah, they were listening to the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. Then Moses comes down, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down with the entire Torah. And now what? Now he has to teach this Torah to the Jews. He needs to give lessons. Now, where do you begin? Do you begin from the very start? Do you begin from the most important things? If Moshe is beginning to teach the Jews, you would assume that he would start from the most important things. Uh, maybe he'll teach them not to murder and not to steal. I think it's pretty important. Maybe he will teach them something which is distinctively Jewish, like Shabbos, kosher, Yom Kippur, right? But it turns out that when he came down from Mount Sinai and began teaching the Torah to the Jews, he started with very obscure laws. He started teaching them the laws of slaves, Jewish slaves. That's very weird. So he starts with very strange laws, laws of slaves. And this is strange because it's not a foundation of the Jewish faith. First of all, in terms of ideological importance, it's not something that we would say it has to be first, number one. Also, in terms of how and when it was practiced, these laws of Jewish slaves were applicable only after the Jews would come to the land of Israel, settle it, and only while we had the temple. Today, these laws are not applicable. Jews are then, in the beginning of their 40-year journey in desert, it was not applicable to them for another 40 years. So why teach these laws then? And the answer is very interesting. We Jews in the Torah are sometimes referred to as children of God. We are sons and daughters of Hashem. And sometimes we are referred to as slaves. As a matter of fact, this is why God tells us that uh, we are not allowed to be slaves in the literal sense, not in the Torah term as a slave, but slaves as we were slaves in Egypt. Like in America today, we speak about the slaves that we had here. So these are the slaves that are literal slaves. When Torah uses the word slave, it's more like a servant. So we are not allowed to be literal slaves to anyone. Why? Because the Torah says we are slaves of God. We are his slaves. A slave cannot have two masters. So sometimes we are referred to as children. Sometimes we are referred to as slaves. Now, we obviously prefer to be referred to as children. It's always better to be the son of the boss than a slave of a boss. So why are there times when we are referred to as slaves? Because even though there is a big advantage to being a son of uh, a boss, it is also sometimes beneficial to be a slave. Do you know why? So let's say there's a king, and king has a son. He's a prince. When prince walks into a room, everybody treats him like, like a prince. He deserves certain respect because he's a prince. This respect is because of who he is. He's a prince. Obviously, the respect that he gets is much lower level of respect than the respect that someone would pay to a king, right? Because of his own merit as a prince, he deserves a certain level of respect. What about a slave of a king, a messenger of a king that comes into a room to read the declaration from the king? When he walks into this room, everybody has to treat him as they would be treating their king. Why? Because he is 
the king's representative. He is now here on behalf of the king. It's not because of his own merits. He personally doesn't deserve anything as opposed to the prince. But because he is now here as a representative of the king, he deserves the same respect as a king would. My grandfather was working at a telephone department, phone department in Leningrad, where we lived. And once he was present when uh, Stalin called the mayor of Leningrad. And he was there because he had to make sure that all the connections were working properly. He was like a phone engineer, I guess you could call it. And he says that he remembers how everybody was standing when the mayor would talk to Stalin. This room is full of dignitaries. They're all standing in attention. The mayor is standing in attention and talking to Stalin on the phone. There was no loudspeakers back then. There was no speakerphones back then. So not, nobody in the room is hearing Stalin's voice. Only the mayor is. But they're all standing in attention because they're in the presence of a person who's speaking to Stalin. And when the conversation was over, he hung up and he gave over what Stalin said. This was the ceremony of this mayor talking to Stalin. This gives you an idea. Today we don't have real kings. Stalin is probably the closest <laughs> we had in recent history to what a real king is. These guys could chop your head off without thinking twice just because they're in a bad mood. So when somebody who is a representative of the king is walking into your room where you are sitting, and he comes and he says that he is here on behalf of the king. You're going to stand up in attention. Why? This guy is a schmendrick. Schmendrick means like he's a, he's a, he's a nobody. He's a low life. He probably lives in one of these neighborhoods that you were describing before. But he's here on behalf of the king. If he's here on behalf of the king, he becomes like the king. How are you supposed to treat him? So in this sense... To be a slave of a king is better than to be a son of a king. Also, it comes with the responsibility. What is the responsibility? If the prince is delivering some thought, he comes and he gives you an idea. You assume that this idea comes from him. He tells you what he just thought. What if this slave of a king, this Schmendrick, the new word you learned today, if this Schmendrick is coming from the palace and he is one of the servants of the king and he tells you you right away realize wow he must be saying it on behalf of the king not on behalf of himself because he himself is a schmendrick a slave doesn't operate on his own understanding a slave operates on his master's understanding a prince is operating on his own understanding so slave ends up getting more respect than the prince but it is because he's operating on the king's understanding, not on his own understanding. So sometimes we need to put our minds aside. If God just came down to us at Mount Sinai and God is telling us what we are supposed to be doing. God is telling us all the laws. You know, I might not agree with these laws. I might think differently. I might think that, you know, generally you should not murder people, but sometimes it's okay when you're really, really mad. So we have situations where people uh, could have their own understanding. So the Torah is saying, no, no, no. The Torah is saying that the 
way to start learning the Torah is by being a slave. You need to put your mind aside and just listen. Just like when we teach our children. Our little children, we treat them like quote-unquote slaves. We don't tell them, well, you know what, you think it's okay to run barefoot in the winter outside, so maybe try that. We don't tell to them. You think maybe it's okay to uh, run across the street on a red light. So try it. Maybe it's going to work out, maybe not. We don't tell to them. We tell them, no, 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 you are staying put till the light is going to turn green. And this is because when you start your education, you need to be treated in this way. And hopefully later on, you're going to grow into being a son of the king. So when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he told them specifically to convey this message. That A, being a son of a king is something that we, they need to work towards. Right now, they are starting off on the level of a slave. A slave has more responsibilities, but also when he carries out those responsibilities, more respect. Because he is considered to be, like you said, a possession of the king. He is a part of a king. He's not a separate entity.